Welcome to Your Place at the Table, a podcast for women who are ready to take their place and make important contributions in their lives. Co-hosted by sisters Jamie Adams and Jody Stewart, we'll identify assumptions that inadvertently keep us stuck, dig into eternal truths, and explore and develop effective skills. As we learn and grow together, we will become more articulate, more creative, more courageous, and more empowered by our Heavenly Parents to do what can only be done through the strength of their daughters. So pull up your chair and let's get started. Hello, welcome back. Hey, we're really glad you're joining us today. Um, our show today is for you ladies that are struggling to say no to all the things that are coming at you, whether it's from husbands, kids, coworkers, neighbors, ward members, leaders, you know, saying yes as a woman and as a member of the church, it's the default, you know, it makes other people yes. happy. We get the best reinforcement <laughs> and it feels good, comes with a rush of being that go-to gal and can almost be as reflexive as breathing. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, and our, the culture, it actively supports the woman who says yes, mm -hmm. right? Yep. She seems like the amazing superwoman that can and will do everything. And we adore her. Yes, we do. She says yes to the kind time-consuming calling. She says yes to all the volunteer opportunities at school. She says yes to the things that that are required of running her business. She says yes to the neighbors and to the friends. And she she is up on a pedestal. I know. And for good reason, because we can count on her. You know, she's That's there. That's right. That is she true. She comes through because mm -hmm. she's doing it all until right. she can't. Oh, right. Which is for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There's nothing wrong with her because she reached that limit. Yeah. <laughs> like so today we're talking about saying no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's bigger than appreciating somebody's strengths and talents when they can do so many things because some people just thrive with an energy of making things happen. Mm -hmm. But this this is about living in, in overwhelm. Right. Only having um, minimal energy to give to too many different things rather than a big energy to give to the things that really matter. Exactly. So so let's start here. Why do we say yes when we want to say no? Well, I think we we tend to set some pretty high internal expectations. We believe honestly yes. and truly within ourselves that we should be able to do yeah. everything that we expect ourselves to do. And I want to say that that actually comes from a spiritual place. Like that 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 belief comes from our spiritual foundation that we believe in being industrious we believe that that god wants us to do good things and contribute good things in the world mm -hmm. and so so it comes from a very honest place yes yes but yeah so we believe we should be able to to do it all and and that's just not a truth right sometimes we do it to avoid conflict mhm mm yeah, that's a big reason, because if we just mm -hmm. say yes now, then we don't have to worry about the fallout of saying no. Mm -hmm. But we'll talk about that there's a fallout mm -hmm. of saying yes, too. So <laughs> <laughs> that's so right. So to avoid that's the right. conflict hand hand. today, you know, 
can yeah. increase chances of conflict tomorrow if we're not aware of what our reasons are for saying yes or no to things. Yeah. Okay, so FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. That is one. Sometimes we just keep saying yes because we don't want to we don't want to miss something. Yeah. You know, I thought that was funny when I started seeing that pop up in psychological verbiage in places and and in different, you know, therapeutic talk circles. I mm-hmm. you know, I was hearing this FOMO, you know, fear of but they're talking about it as a real thing. That there's just this real mm-hmm. and it's a almost an automated response and we don't even realize that that's the emotion or mm-hmm. or I say cognitive response that we're having in the moment that just the fact that other people could get together without us there could be bonding that would take place that we're not a part of things might be said about mm-hmm. us when we're not there there's just all mm-hmm. kinds of internal distress for many people legitimate mm-hmm. internal distress about mm-hmm. missing out on something and so we will say yes. We will say yes to whatever yeah. it is so that we do not have to experience that. Mm-hmm. Right, because that is unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Initially. And yeah, right. Yeah. You, we'll uh, we'll uh, help right. our listeners get to a point where, you know, they're saying no like crazy. Because that feels better <laughs> that's right. than saying yes. <laughs> that's right. The life you get to have yep. when you say no to things that don't matter yep. is... So worth right. the moment of minor discomfort. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so another thing we do, what reason we say yes is because there are some genuine social benefits of pleasing others. You know, right. we, are, we are contributors. We are seen as and get the good feeling mm-hmm. of being contributors within our communities, within our wards, within our families. Mm-hmm. Um, there are real social benefits mm-hmm. to saying yes. Mm-hmm. There's also the fear of disappointing somebody. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, people we really care about and and trust and feel close to, right? Or that we owe it to them. You know, we've we've oh, this person's yeah. done something for me, and and uh, if I don't, you know, I think piggybacks was disappointing. They'll be disappointed because they've done so much, and I should, you know, they invited my child, and I should go and help them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. that goes on with that. Yeah, that can be an endless, mm-hmm. yeah, bottomless pit. There mm-hmm. also. The here's another one that comes from a really genuine place, which is I want to help. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, how could I not say yes? Because somebody because somebody needs. And what follows with that often is I might be the only one who can help mm-hmm. or a belief that because they cross my path and because there is a need, I should be the one to fill it. Well, I think that is fostered in our culture. We I remember, you know, as a child, um, hearing the stories and believing them that you know, you've got to reach out and serve others because you just never know who you might touch and you just never know, which is true. But on the converse yes. of that is sometimes the opposite belief, which is if I don't reach out, then I am ab- actually missing out on touching someone and making the difference that uh-huh. I was sent here, you know, to make. Uh, right, right. And and I'm just going to interject occasionally that this little asterisk that's added on, which is, they will bring it up in the hereafter <laughs> if you miss that opportunity. Right, as you're reviewing your life and it's uh-huh. on the big screen. Oh, there, there it went, there it went. Did you see? She didn't. <laughs> she should have taken advantage. She said no, and she could have been of service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And really, all that serves to do is just henpeck your poor little spirit to right. death so that you just feel like you can't keep up. And 
That is Absolutely. not how God works with us. No. Yeah, it's not like that. No. It's not like that. No. And and I think that takes us to a final and I think very for some people very deep belief which is saying no is selfish. The Lord mm-hmm. would consider someone else's needs before his own and therefore mm-hmm. so must I. He is the great example of living for and serving others. Right. But we have some great examples from the scriptures that actually teach to the contrary. That So let's just jump right into those here. The Savior taught both in parables and by example that it is important to protect our personal resources so that we can do what matters most. And to do that, you have to be able to say no. And he did that. He said no. Mm-hmm. So let's start with a parable that, that illustrates this. And this is the parable of the ten virgins. One of his last teachings before his life was taken. This is in Matthew 25. And it tells us that the wise virgins took oil in their vessels because they understood what they would need to accomplish their purpose. So that's important, that they brought oil with them. and. As we know, as the story progresses, when they are asked to give of their oil, they answered saying, not so. Mm -hmm. Knowing they couldn't give of their resources and also make their vital contribution. Isn't that interesting? I think we focus a little bit on the fact that we can't share our testimonies, but in this example, they are asked to share and they're very clear Mm -hmm. that this is a resource for me. Mm-hmm. So not so. I like that. Right. And this is a really, one thing that I love about this parable is that it begins as a likeness of the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. The Savior is trying to teach us that this, this is how we are to understand how the kingdom of heaven works. And what that tells me is that if I'm going to prepare to become like my heavenly mother, then I must learn when and how to say no to be worthy to live in her presence. Right. Well, that just shook the super mom rug right up uh, from under me because, (laughs) yeah, well, I can't fall back on that anymore to suggest that say, you know, saying yes all the time is, is divine because it's, it's not here. Mm -mm. No, it's going to take some discernment of the spirit to say yes when appropriate and to say no when appropriate, because clearly in this parable, it was more appropriate to say no. Right. Well, let's look at let's look at another example here. Mark chapter five. So Jesus had traveled to the other side of the sea, and he casts a legion of unclean spirits out of a man into a herd of swine. We're familiar with that story. Afterward, mm-hmm. though, as Jesus is getting ready to leave the area, the man who's been possessed asks if he can come with the Lord. Right, so here he is in all this Mm. gratitude, wants to become an active follower and disciple. But Jesus suffered him not. So Jesus said no, told him to go Mm. home and tell his friends what had happened. And this is in verse 20. And he departed, this man, he, and began Mm. to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. You know, so this man, Jesus had to say no to him because this man had another important work to do and an important impact to make. 
So had Jesus said, sure, come join me, then all these other people would not have learned and had been, have been touched by the miracle of this man's testimony. Right. Right. That's such a great point to draw out of this because oftentimes it is easy to believe that to be able to answer yes is what will always bring about the best result for everybody. <laughs> and that that just clearly is not true. Right. And we can we can also know that if we get tied up in maybe worry about our our own negative you know, the potential negative consequences mm. of us saying no. Here's a perfect example of very positive consequences of saying no. Right. So the minute we say no, it opens something else, something for someone else to take advantage of. Other opportunities for other people that aren't, you know, the things that we need to capitalize on right now. Right. Right. There is something at the core of this that's worth highlighting right now, which is that when when we honor our sense that we need to say no to somebody or an opportunity or or anything at all we can trust that when that no is right for us it is right for everybody hmm. that's hard that's hard to really mm-hmm. you know be at peace with in our hearts right right that requires another level of faith mhm I believe, just to really trust that when the Spirit has a direction for us to go, that that, that is going to work out the best for everybody. Right. Ah. Oh. Well, and this story continues. There's just right behind this one, another example of the Savior saying no at an important time. So when he came back to the other side of the sea, he was met by a crowd of people. And this is the same crowd that he was traveling in when the woman reached out and touched the hem of his garment. So thronged with people at this time. And at, when she touched the hem of his garment, he was headed toward Jarius's house because he had learned that Jarius's daughter was sick and close to death. And it took the process of getting to the house took so long in the crowd that the daughter died before Jesus was able to come and hopefully heal her. Now, when Jesus got word that she had already passed before he got there, these are the words in the scripture, he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John. So in that crowd, he had to say no to a lot of people, you cannot come further with me at this time. So he took his uh, first presidency with him, to Jarius's house and at the house there was there were more people weeping and mourning the loss of the daughter and the words in the scripture say he put them all out of the house except for the father and the mother so there was another group of people that he had to say no to you cannot come with us and be a part of what's going to happen next So at this point, he must have known the sacredness of the work he was about to do and understood to some level that he couldn't allow the crowd to come along and be a part of this next experience. So you can see in these examples, first of all, that there is potential for a lot of people to really misunderstand what the Savior was doing. I mean, how righteous 
could it be to want to accompany the Savior to perform another miracle, right? Right, right. <laughs> how how right. could he say no? Yeah, yeah. And here, here's the strength in him is not getting hung up about how other people responded when he knew he was doing the right thing by saying no. Well, he's the Savior. I mean, do you think that the Savior knew everything about every circumstance, which he, is why he could be so clear about what his purpose and his role were in that situation? I mean, anybody who, who is all-seeing and all-knowing can knows, okay, if I say no now, then he'll go off to Decapolis <laughs> and he'll create you know, missionary experiences and far and wide. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if he understood all that, then of course he can, he can say no. You know, that is such a good question. And I have wondered that many times. I have a tendency to think now that I tell myself because I can see the end from the beginning as I read the scriptures, I know how the story's going to play out. But I don't, necessarily believe that he did at the time. I believe that there is something about line upon line, precept upon precept, that we have to to be able to have the fullness of the mortal experience. You cannot necessarily see exactly where you're headed. And so the weight lies in doing the most important thing, honoring what you feel matters in this moment. And if in this moment it's important for you to say no, you just say no, not necessarily being able to see steps ahead. What are your thoughts about that, Jamie? No, I like that. I like it because it does make it more of a, of a followable example. You know, we want to right. emulate the Savior, but we also recognize that he has a, a certain physical divinity that we don't, and we don't Mm. know always what comes with that. But in emulating him, you know, like you were saying, if we are aligned and actively seeking and making our lives and spirits worthy of the spirit of the Lord, then we can trust that we can be guided and, and know when it's time to say no to the things that are small, just, just distractions, things that are pulling Mm -hmm. us away from what matters most or the big thing that might disrupt, you know, the course of our trajectory right now. So I like that. Right. Right. Well, when we make it a habit to say yes to everyone else and everything else, big or small, we end up living for their purpose, for that purpose, for the things that somebody else thinks matters the most, and rather than honoring our own personal sense of what's important. Yeah. And sometimes our sense might go along with an invitation that comes with some, from somebody else, but sometimes it doesn't. In fact, several years ago, I I had made a habit of saying yes and being the go-to person and and living in a lot of guilt, believing that I should be there for everyone and wearing myself thin trying to be. And I cracked because I couldn't I couldn't keep up mm-hmm. that level of engagement right. in my family, in my ward, in my neighborhood. I yeah, I had to seriously consider my belief that God wanted me to be everywhere for everyone because I couldn't do it anymore. And once my body started breaking down and I couldn't function, I had to wonder if God would really ask me to run myself into the ground. 
if that was really his plan for me, to live so thin and worn out and breathless. And it just didn't line up. And so it was at that point that I began what felt at the time like the very scary process of saying no to things. And and for me, it was it was a very courageous act to sit in a Relief Society class and let the clipboard pass through me. Oh, not the clipboard. On t- <laughs> you let that yeah, go? Yeah, the clipboard. <laughs> oh, girl. That's right. Without my name on that list. Oh, no. No. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. I don't know if we can continue <laughs> on this discussion. Now does everybody see how unworthy I am? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I mean, it sounds so silly talking about it like this now. But at the time, it felt epic. And I genuinely wondered, is the blood drive going to be able to happen if I don't show up? Yeah. You know? But I'll tell you a really interesting thing. Because I had this conversation with a friend of mine about volunteering at the school or at the book fair. And she was pretty frustrated because... She had already volunteered for a slot of time, and we were getting emails from the PTA saying, really, really, ladies, parents, we need help. Who can sign up? Who can sign up? And this was a few months into my my journey towards saying no to things. And the book fair was way at the bottom of the list for me at this time in my life. And uh, what we talked about was this. What would be the worst case scenario if all the parents genuinely felt like the book fair was at the bottom of their list and they honored that their sense that that couldn't fit in? Then what's the worst thing that would happen? You wouldn't do a book fair. (laughs) Well, that's right. The PTA would just go another creative route for fundraising and we would do something different. Right. And so things have a way of working out when we don't necessarily buy into the belief that it's just our job to say yes. Absolutely. So, Jamie, when did you start to discover that saying no was vital? For me, I think it was more of a developmental progression. Saying yes to everything was very gratifying at first. I I like organizing. I I like creating uh, meals and opportunities and big events. And I like being involved in all those things. And for many years, it was a mm-hmm. thrill. It was a lot of fun. My my children were little. I had a lot of energy for those types of things. Even with our work and our business, we I liked being involved with all of it. I, I liked, you know, hiring and evaluating and organizing systems. And that, that was really important for me. But mm-hmm. it, similar to you, it was great until it just became too much and started taking a toll. And what you mentioned mm. earlier about you start realizing that you're creating everybody else's life and participating in everybody else's dreams. And it was just one of those, you know, call to attention things for me that I wanted to create my own life. I wanted to give time to my own interests and my own personal development and saying yes to all these things. There was no time, even when I started saying no. Even after I started saying no, there was still so much. It was just crazy how much I had to let go of and get rid of in order to really start honing in on the things that 
that really did matter most. And, and in saying that, I'm not suggesting that that means I'm out there only working on and fulfilling my dreams. It's not that, but it's what right. matters most. And so I was able yes. to get clear on that. Okay, well, what matters most to me is my, you know, this child's development in this area. I need to give time for that. Now, that's not my most exciting thing right now, but that matters most to me. So yes. I, I can give my time to that and I can say no to these other things that take me away from this because I know this is important now. Yes. So it's been a process. And, and there are many, many people that are still, you know, loving saying yes and, and being in the, th yes. the thick and the, you know, the throng. It, it's, a, it's a great place mm -hmm. to be. That said, and this is a little tangent here, there are many people that say no to everything. <laughs> so we're not talking oh, to those yeah. people in this podcast. I just kind of want to clarify right. that. The you know, mm -hmm. if you know that you're not stepping up in ways you could, then you might want to consider that. But in, in this case, you mm -hmm. know, we're just talking about the, the desire to, to serve and to be there and to be all things to all people and, and to be the mom and to be the friend that we want to be and to invest in those relationships in the way we desire but at the same mm -hmm. time, not have it, you know, grind us into the ground. Right. So let's talk for a minute about what we are saying yes to. Okay. I think I can speak for all of us when I say hands down our most important relationships. Mm -hmm. Things that matter in those relationships. Now, that's not to imply that those aren't important areas to say no in, because that absolutely is the case. If we're going to have any sense of self to bring to a relationship, there has to be space to say no. But, you know, yes to valuable time with my spouse, with my children, with my extended family members, with good friends. Yes to meaningful service in the church, which actually for me looks a lot different now than it used to because it used to look like a Martha Stewart type experience, or at least I would be reaching for that. I don't know that it actually ever looked like that. It was more like a nailed it. <laughs> right. But, but the intent was there. My I was striving to bring, right, the most beautiful, perfect looking cake to the event. I have kind of a funny story about this too, that in my earlier years, in my attempts to just make things so wow. I made a cake for a church activity, a Relief Society contest, and it was an oatmeal cake, which was actually very delicious, even though it sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> and I was young and naive, and I was attempting to, to rename the cake so that it would be more enticing and win more votes. And so I knew there was this other really popular dessert floating around at the time called Better Than Robert Redford. Have you heard of this cake? No, or actually. some people called it better than sex cake. Okay. And so, you know, supposed to say that it's really great. Well, I wasn't putting the pieces together. And so I named my cake better than President Hinckley cake. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, no. Whoops. Oh, <laughs> yes. And somebody told me early enough on that I could change the little card at my station that I didn't have to go through the whole entire meeting, horrifying all of the other Relief Society sisters who had a 
bigger clue about the world than <laughs> I did. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know. I know. Oh, Crazy, my gosh. Huh? <laughs> All of this in an attempt to just, what, show... Right. Yeah. Show something. Right. Oh, dear. Right. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, back on topic. Well, so if we're talking about what we're saying yes to, which are good, wholesome connections and opportunities with the spirit and genuine opportunities for service, we can't go too far off of the family proclamation, right? Or even oh, yes. the 13th article of faith. Those are, you know, wholesome recreational activities, uh, you know, lovely, mm. good report, praiseworthy. Like those are things that we, we do say yes to. But even in all of that goodness and beauty, what are we saying no to? Well, to many things that still weigh us down or just distract mm. us. I have an experience when I was... Um, when my husband was in his fourth year of being our bishop, I was so weighed down. He was gone much of the time. He had decided to leave the company he was working for and start his own, which was great leap of faith, but it required so much of us. And at the same time, he was being pulled by the needs of our ward. And so I was working with him on building up that this business and then doing everything else that our family needed. And mm. I felt like the, it started becoming clear. I will say I was not, I don't think I was guided by any sort of revelation here as much as I was just sheer force and of overwhelm. But I had to start mm -hmm. saying no to everything. I had to start saying no to dinner parties, no to having new people over for dinner, all of the, mm -hmm. the reaching out efforts. I couldn't even reach out for a time. Mm -hmm. And I felt a huge sense of obligation to do that because of my husband's calling. But I couldn't. Mm. My circumstances were such that it was no longer possible for me to be that woman. And I had to come to terms with that. And it didn't last forever. But the effect was permanent for me that my contribution at home was enough and was as valuable to the Lord as if I'd personally fed every member. You know, I, it was just, it was enough. Yes. It was enough. And I, I pulled back, you know, the pendulum swung and I said no to absolutely everything. And then slowly was able to start saying yes again. And when I did, it was so, you know, we've, we've alluded to this in the past, you know, previously, but this being able to say yes to the things and the relationships and the situations that matter most, it just took my whole life experience up an experiential notch. Mm. I could spend less time and connect more deeply. I could spend less effort and have greater impact. Like all of it shifted for me. And I'm, I am mm -hmm. now a great believer. I'm, I'm very careful about what I accept and say yes to. And and I've just been nothing but blessed because of it. Oh, I love, I love that explanation that as you started to say no, you cleared a path, you created space for the fulfillment of the true yeses. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, and part of the process, and 
Jody, I think we've alluded to this in almost every episode, is getting clear on what we need and want. We talk about it when we're feeling angry. Yes. We're talking about it in our own self-discovery process. We do our best mm-hmm. here in seeking personal revelation and the will of the Lord to clarify what is most vital and needful now. Where does the Lord want us to be? How can we, is this anything we're doing bringing us closer to Him and more connected to His ways of speaking to us? And this means mm-hmm. we got to get the Spirit in our lives. You know, That's when right. I said saying no to distractions, our ward did this wonderful 40 day fast for the missionary work in our area. And in that, each family got to take a turn to fast for the day, and in culmination of 40 days, then we would have together done a 40-day fast. Well, I I chose to take a time during that for myself to fast from a particular silly distraction, but something I knew was distancing me from greater, regular, in-depth spiritual experiences. And oh, Oh. so saying no in that instance... I started seeing the Lord's hand everywhere. I'm like, oh, good grief. I can't believe I've just allowed this thing to, you know, oh. just, yeah, nitpick me encroach. to death right away. Or mm-hmm. encroach is a better word. Yeah. Gosh, just to start feeling that. And we, as women, we're going to have to do that. If we want to say no, we've got to say no to the things that really, all of the things that don't matter and yes. start seeking out and yes. saying yes to the things that do. Oh, yes. Okay, so Jody, talk to us a little bit about this beginning process when we first start to say no. What is that like? Oh, well, yeah, it feels like standing on the edge of a cliff and getting ready to jump. Wow. I mean, you have to be really brave, and it doesn't feel the least bit comfortable at first. In fact, it feels, it could feel wrong because it could go against so much of what is familiar to us. So here are some ideas for how to get started. First of all, just recognize that you'll likely have two experiences going on at the same time. And the first is the spiritual sense that no is the best response. And the second is the worry that comes with, so what happens when I say no? Am I going to let somebody down? Am I going to miss out? All those things start to pile on. And is even the the Lord possibly going to be disappointed in me because I'm saying no? I mean, I get a rat's nest of those kinds of questions and concerns in my head around this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's because these emotions can muddle our clarity, right? So we, we have this yes. conflict within ourselves. We're sensing that no is the best response, which for me tends to feel like, like I'll get anxious. I feel my heart rate go up. Like, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't take this on. And then almost mm-hmm. immediately the guilt will come in. I, those two are very close for mm. me because I don't, I don't like letting anybody down and I don't want to, you know, right. I, I like, I like serving, I love serving in the church. I love being connected. I, I love all of that. And genuinely, mm-hmm. I'm also worried about damaging relationships. But it is important to recognize that these two things are happening because even if we're confused, 
perhaps about which emotion we're experiencing, the very fact that we've started this internal dialogue about whether or not to say no or how to say no is an indication Mm. that we are being guided to say no. (laughs) There is something in there that is saying this is not fitting with me right now. Right. Right. Yeah, that internal confusion. And sometimes I notice the shift in my body first. Mm. That I I feel a bit of a a tightness in my chest or a, a restriction when I think about saying yes to this thing. Because for whatever reason, so I may not even understand the reason, but it will be taking on too much. So you can get physical, very physical signals that you shouldn't commit to something. You know, there's this excellent book by Greg McEwen. It's called Essentialism. And I think it's a must read for any any of you who might feel mm-hmm. overburdened with to-dos or kind of how to sort through this. It's just such a terrific resource if you want to fill your life with less, less but better, you know? And he identifies in this book what he calls the graceful no. And this was so helpful to me <sighs> because many times the graceful no doesn't even include the word no. <laughs> and that's the best part. Like, right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying no, but I'm just saying I would love to, <laughs> but I can't right now. You know, thank, right. thank you for thinking of me. I am not free. Mm-hmm. Um, another was mm-hmm. here. One of my favorites is buying time. Ooh. Oh, that sounds great. Let me check my schedule and I'll get back with you. I just need time to sit on things and be sure and let that know rise to the top. You know, dad used to say, Jody, when we were little, I don't know if you remember this. Well, little, I mean, like teenagers, you don't need to explain anything to anyone. And I'm going to bring that up here because if we are going to practice a graceful no, I would love to, but I can't, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. We do as women tend to feel this great temptation to say, because my youngest son is in a cast mm-hmm. and somebody else is, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. We, like, we just need to have a real solid excuse when the excuse really is. Right. Like convince them. I need to stay mm-hmm. home with a blanket and a book or else I will not be good for anybody. <laughs> but that's not an excuse yeah. that we feel comfortable offering. And so until I guess we get there, you know, we just follow dad's advice. We. You don't need to explain. It is enough to say, thank you, but I can't. Right. Mm. Yeah, I like that that point a lot. Because when we have a sense for what is important for us, we don't have to justify it for anybody else. Right. And I have lived most of my motherhood taking naps. And Every day, just like a 20-minute nap, I just need the energetic boost that comes with that. But I have spent too many of those years hiding that fact from people, believing that that just meant that I was weaker and had less capacity. But I have had to work really, really hard to organize my life around that so I can get the break I need to show up for the most important things. And so I have had to find ways to say no. And I still don't feel like it's necessary for me to say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make that work because I need to take a nap. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I feel like a toddler. So, no, I just but these flashbacks I, of mom. Quiet time. It's quiet time, everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time to yes, be quiet. ma'am. Yeah. Well, but it's uh, important because it's far worse, I believe, to make a half hearted yes than to commit oh, yeah. when you're unable to deliver. Right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, you saying no. And because you need to take a nap and keeping that to yourself, if you mm-hmm. feel justified in keeping that to yourself, is fine because you know that if you have the yeah. nap, the delivery on the other side of that nap is going to be great. But if you don't commit that to the is nap, right, sister. Right. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Our emotions really can distract us from the reality of the fact that either we can say no and regret it for a few minutes. Or we can say mm. yes and regret it for days, weeks, months, or even years. Yeah. And the only way out of the trap is to learn to say no firmly, resolutely, and still gracefully. Because once we do say no, we'll find not only that our fears of disappointing or angering others were exaggerated, but that people actually respect us more. It's true. Yes. In fact, I have a very recent experience with this. So even though I have been wrestling for years with saying no at the appropriate time, just recently, a dear friend of mine invited me to do something with her. And because I love her so much and I wanted to do it, I said yes when I should have said no. And I just talked myself into committing. And then I gave such a half-hearted commitment and was scrambling, trying to stay in it all the way and not make it look like I was only doing a half job. It was just comical to me that our friendship, we have a really solid friendship and it could totally have survived me saying, I am so sorry, this just isn't a good fit right now. Mm. Right. So I, I just created a bigger problem for myself. Yeah. Well, and there, it's going to happen for all of us. Right. And we're right. going to have to keep going through the sifting process. But it just is a reminder yeah. that, you mm-hmm. know, there is, it's going to happen to all of us. We, we're all going to go through this. But this whole process is the discerning the vital from the trivial being yes. reminded and then moving forward, cutting mm-hmm. it out if we need to. That's right. Yeah. And learning from the mistakes, learning from the times of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, mm-hmm. and then just getting ready to do it differently the next yeah. time. And this is part of the personal revelation process as we're including the Lord in these things, yes. including Him, you know, th- these types of questions in our prayers, in our daily concerns as we discuss things, even just in our minds with Him, you know, this will become more clear and it'll be easier as we go down mm-hmm. the path. So I had a really interesting experience years ago with saying no. I was serving as the stake young women camp director with another wonderful woman. And we did it one summer together and had a great experience. And then we were gearing up to do it the following summer. So around probably January, February, we started to make plans. And every time we did this, I just had the sickest feeling in my gut, and I could not make sense of it. But once I was clear that 
the feeling had to do with me committing in this calling. I could tell that I needed to be released from the calling. Now, I could not see the end from the beginning. I had no idea why I would be feeling that. And so it took me a while to really wrestle with it, and it took a lot of prayer and a lot of asking. But I finally did the brave thing, and I called the stake young woman president and talked with her about how I was feeling. And I just said, I think I need to be released. And so she accepted that. And afterward, I felt better. I didn't feel that sickening feeling. I felt a relief. And that was as far as it went for a few weeks. So I kind of left it alone until a few other balls got rolling in our life. And within a matter of months, my family was packed up and we were moving to an, a whole nother state. And I could not have known what was coming, but the Spirit just kept pressing on me that feeling that I couldn't commit to the calling in that way. And so I just want to say that when we are earnest about following the direction that the Spirit brings, then we can just trust whatever happens, even if it might affect the work we do at church. And it brings me back to that comment that the prophet made, which is good revelation is based on good information. And it was up to me to provide the appropriate information to my leaders at the time so that they could proceed with good revelation on their end. Yeah, absolutely. There is no difference between the vital contribution of our lives and our daily discernment of the vital from the trivial. And that's what that that's is. That's right. That's right. So here's a fun concept that's worth mentioning. There's a, a guy, some of you might have heard of him, Derek Sievers. He is an entrepreneur and he's written a couple books. And he has kind of coined this concept that if you can't say hell yeah to something, then you need to say no to it. Can we say hell on this program, Jody? This is a G-rated program. <laughs> we don't even say gynecologist. We say lady doctor here. <laughs> I'm quoting. I'm quoting. <laughs> oh, I love the idea of pushing it to the extreme. That just sometimes can help me clarify. Mm -hmm. If I can give a wholehearted hell yeah to something, if I can be all in, then absolutely. Yeah. And if not, then it's worth, nah, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. 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 And I've been there too. I just uh, found that I've personally gained some really great strength in being able to say no in that way to my husband. I do a lot mm. of work. We have a, a, our own company and I do a lot of work with him and for him. And there was just a time in my life I was becoming this man's wonderful glorified secretary. And I'm a really good mm. secretary, but I don't want to be a secretary. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. I, we talk about saying no in a church setting or taking on an additional project at work or whatever, but it's okay even within our own families. And I just want to put that out there that there are times yep. even within our spousal relationships or with our children 
You know, I want my children to be connected socially. I like when they can go spend time with friends, but I just saying no keeps us all, (laughs) keeps us all happy because if we're saying yes all Mm -hmm. the time, then the overwhelm can come quickly. Mm -hmm. So here's a great summation quote for us from Greg McEwen. Yes, women say yes because of feelings of social awkwardness and pressure. They say yes automatically without thinking often in pursuit of the rush one gets from having pleased someone. But it is essential to know that after the rush comes the pang of regret. They know they will soon feel bullied and resentful, both at the other person and at themselves. Eventually they will wake up to the unpleasant reality that something more important must now be sacrificed to accommodate this new commitment. Of course, the point is not to say no to all requests. The point is to say no to the non-essentials, so we can say yes to the things that really matter. It is to say no frequently and gracefully to everything but what is truly vital. That's beautiful. Amen, Brother McEwen. It's not to say no to everything. It's just to say yes to the things that really matter. I love Mm -hmm. it. Oh, That's a perfect end to a great podcast. Thank you all so much for being here. Yes, thank you. And if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, subscribe now to be notified when we post a new episode. Share with a friend and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or your place at the table podcast at gmail.com. See you soon. Bye.